Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you it. Jesus, Jesus is constantly inviting those with the need to come to the one who can provide for the need. He is the great I am. What, why, why, I wonder why he put that. I believe it was because whatever you need, he is. He, he, he said, you say, I'm, I'm hungry. He said, I'm the bread of life. I'm thirsty. I am the living water. Are y'all with me? You say, I'm dying on the inside. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He's the great I am. Amen. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter number 15. John chapter number 15. We are, we are in a series, which we've been in a series, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's just morphing on us. Amen. Uh, uh, we have learned, we have learned that we cannot live right with our own self-will. How many of y'all figured that out? Say amen. We, we cannot live right, we cannot do right just by trying harder to do right. Uh, that which I want to do, Paul said, I, do, I, I don't do. And that which I don't want to do, that's what I'm doing, doggone it. That's what he said, amen. That's the Alabama translation. Say amen right there. Uh, we just, he gets frustrated. And he, he says it this way, oh, wretched man that I am. How in the world? I know what I want to do, and I, I, I know how to live right. I, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't end up doing that. Oh, wretched man that I am. But then he says this. This is what we learn. He said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I'm glad he knew and he learned that it wasn't a what that was going to help us. It was a who. And we learn, we learn uh, in the last couple of weeks, we learn that what it's going to take to do right, live right, be right, and all that is not a list of rules. It's going to be a vital relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be a closer walk, just like the song said, just a closer walk with thee. Amen. Uh, that is what we need. And last week we learned that in order to have an intimate relationship, in order to have a growing vital relationship with the Lord Jesus, the first thing it's going to take is communication. Say that with me communication. With any relationship, it takes communication. Uh, one of the first things that breaks down in any relationship is communication. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We, we said it takes communication, trust, and affection, but today we're going to look at communication. We're going to look at abiding in him. John 15 and verse number one. If you found your spot, say amen. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. You got to understand Jesus is in his last hours on this earth. He is, he is trying to get his disciples caught up and, 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 and given them last minute details. He's just told them that he was going to die and he was going to go back to heaven and, and man, they're all wigged out about it. So John 13, 14, 15 and 16, we find he's telling them what he wants them to know and encouraging them with this. And, and he's saying, look, I've got to go, but we're going to keep this relationship. We're going to keep this walk and this fellowship that we have now, but it's going to be in a little different manner. And he, they were probably walking past a vineyard. They were probably walking past a grapevine. And he sees that and he uses that as a visual illustration. He said, now look, watch here. He says, I'm the vine and ye are the branches. He said, my father is the husbandman or the caretaker or the farmer, if you will. And that is important for us to know because we need to understand when it comes to our relationship with Christ, God the Father is always at work to make it better. Y'all with me on that? He is always at work to make it better. Even if you're satisfied where you are as a Christian, he ain't. 
even if you're satisfied with the amount of fruit that you have, he's not. You say, I have, at least I have some fruit, but God wants you to have much fruit. You say, I have much fruit. Well, God wants you to have abundant fruit. He's always involved working to make that better. And that's a whole nother message I wish we had time for. We will later. Amen. Watch what he says. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. He's at work. Now, verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide. Say that word with me. Say it again. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. You see, he's using a visual illustration of a vine, the grape vineyard there. I am the vine, ye are the branches. We're connected, he's saying. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Look in verse number 7. Here's where, here's where we tie all this together. Verse 7. If ye, read it with me, if ye abide in me and my, and my, say that again, and my, my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Wow. You talking about a promise from the word of God. How many of y'all would like to be the type of Christian that when you got down off your knees from praying, you knew something was fixing to happen? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. That's a pretty good promise. Would you say amen right there? All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your goodness, your mercy, your kindness. Teach us something today that's going to draw us closer to you and develop our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Communication. Communication is so, so important to a relationship. So today, we're going to talk about how God communicates to his children, how Jesus and his bride, the church, how we communicate and how God communicates to us. Now, we're going to talk about four primary ways. Now, we know we know God can talk to us any way he wants to, right? I mean, that's obvious. There's no question about it. Uh, I, I've, I've, I've been listening to a song. You know, a song come on the radio and God speak to me through a song. How many of that's happened to y'all before? So, so we know that happens and, 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 and that's a thing. But we want to we wanna de- deal with four primary ways that God speaks to us and, and, and as his children. And one of the primary ways, one of the most important ways is, number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. I've got a lot to say about each one, but, but number one, he speaks to us through his word, through the scriptures. Write that down. The scriptures, it's so, so important. Now, everything, what really started this deal, what really started this deal was how we live right. How can we live a righteous life? I mean, we keep messing up. We keep having failures in our life. We keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. What do we do to live right? What can we do? And that started this whole study, and we learned that it's walking with Jesus. Now, watch what it says. He says in Galatians, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, that's, that's a clear teaching. That's a clear description. If you walk with the spirit, you will do right. If you walk with the spirit... You won't do wrong. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay, how do we walk in the spirit? How do we walk in the spirit? Let's, let's compare some verses. Ephesians chapter number five. Ephesians chapter number five, verse 18. 
And, <coughs> excuse me. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Say that with me. But be filled with the Spirit. Now watch. Watch what happens when that takes place. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now let's compare that one to Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This is the word of Christ. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Watch this. In psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Same thing. So what are we saying? There is a connection between being filled with the Spirit, walking with the Spirit, and being filled with His Word. What am I saying? I'm saying this. You cannot be filled with the Spirit and walk in the Spirit if you neglect His Word. You can't do it. Preacher, what are you saying? I, I want to tell you this, and I, I don't want to make nobody mad. I don't want to make nobody mad, but I'm just telling you, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And if we're going to be serious about this and we're going to be serious about living right and walking right, we're going to be serious about walking with the Spirit and being what God wants us to be. You cannot, it's an impossibility, it's impossible to live right and neglect your Bible. Everybody needs a Bible. And I'm going to be specific about this. Everybody needs their own Bible. You need a Bible. Let me say it again. You need a Bible. I did not say y'all need a Bible. I said you need a Bible. You don't need a family Bible. You need a you Bible. You don't need a couple's Bible. You need a you Bible. You don't need it. Listen, uh, God, you got to get this. God's not wanting a relationship with you and your wife. God's not wanting a relationship with your family. God's not, and watch this. Uh, God's not wanting a relationship with the congregation. God's wanting a relationship with you. This is an individual, personal deal. Everybody needs their own Bible. And I, I, am, I am this serious about it. If you don't have one, we'll get you one. We will help you get one. I'm telling you, you need a Bible. We're not going to spend $47,000 to get a Bible on a, on, a, on a thing and send it over to India and not take care of our own people here in our own church. I want you to have a Bible. And I prefer you have a Bible with pages. Okay? I know what day we're in. I know we're in the technology age. But what if your battery runs down? What if a hacker comes in and messes with you and gives you the wrong verse? Say amen. Now, I know that's far-fetched. I'm just saying everybody needs their own Bible. It's hard to highlight on the iPad. Say Amen. I know they got the little button that you punch. I got it on my phone too, but there's something about my Bible. If all the power goes out in the country, I still got my Bible. It's important. And you say, why, why is it such a big deal? When I was dating Tammy and she wrote me a love note, nobody read that but me. It's mine. It was between me and her. It was special to me. I kept it in my possession. And that's the way I want you to treat God's word. And you'll see why in a minute. So have a Bible. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. If you can afford your own Bible, get it. Let's be good stewards of God's money. We, we, we don't want to be buying Bibles for people who can buy their own Bible. Buy your own Bible. If you got to put a Mountain Dew down, if you got to quit cigarettes for a week, uh, buy. Hey, them things are expensive. I don't know how anybody can afford them anyway. 
or drinking. Amen? As far as that goes, hey, whatever you got to do, get your Bible. Say with me, I need a Bible. All right, get your Bible. Now, I know we've kind of spoiled y'all. I know we've kind of spoiled this Bible on the screen stuff and all that, and that's good, and I like it, and we're going to keep doing that. But don't let that say, well, I don't need a Bible. It's up on the screen. You don't have one of these screens at the house. Dustin can't go home with you every week. Say amen. You need your own. You need your own. Why? Because every day God wants to talk to you. And the way he talks to you is through the Bible. Guess what? He talked to me this morning. He did. I got up this morning before I came to church, and, and I opened up the love letter, and, and, and he talked to me. And there were several things that I heard. There was one specific thing, but there were several things I heard him say. Don't be lazy and shut up. <laughs> it's in there. Y'all, I was in Proverbs. You would be amazed at how many places in Proverbs it talks about a sluggard. And being lazy, and the sluggard will come to need, and he will be hungry. My greatest fear in life is to be hungry. Say amen. <laughs> Don't be lazy and keep your mouth shut. You, you can't believe how many times in Proverbs it talks about keeping your mouth shut. You know that old saying, it's better to let them think you're fooled than open your mouth and remove all doubt. They were reading Proverbs. Say amen. But this is what God said to me this morning. This is what really stood out to me that, that I thought was important. There was one phrase. There was one phrase in reading in, in Proverbs chapter number 13. There was one phrase that stood out. It said, before all contention is pride. In other words, wherever you find a problem, whether it's a marital problem, whether it's a church problem, whether it's a relationship problem, wherever you find contention and, and uneasiness and, and issues and fighting and squabbling, pride is behind it. And I thought, man, that's something. I wonder why, why is that speaking? Lord, what is the deal? You know what? It may be that I'm going to be counseling either today or this week and, and, and trying to find an issue and trying to find and res help somebody resolve a problem. And it may be just this. God's saying, don't look for the symptoms. Look for the pride. He spoke to me this morning. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you let him speak to you? Hey. Let me tell you what dr drastically changed my Bible reading. Because I was in that mode. I was, I was in that legalistic religion mode. Bless God, I'm going to read five chapters whether or not I'm going to be faithful, I'm going to be committed. I'm going to read. And, and this became a manual. This basically became a workbook. And I read it, whether I got anything out of it, I read it to say, hey, I read my five chapters. I, but now I'm going into it saying, talk to me. Speak to me. What do you want me to know today? What's going to draw me closer to you? And you know what? It never fails. If you go at it with that, he will speak to you. But you cannot draw closer to him if you neglect his word. Do you realize? Do you realize the closest thing you have to heaven is sitting in your lap? The closest connection you have to God and glory is your Bible. And, and what, what, is, what is relationship really? I mean, seriously, what is relationship? What is having a relationship? It's simply this. It's knowing and being known. Say it with me. Knowing and being known. That's relationship. 
When you wanted to have a relationship with, with your spouse, uh, with a woman or a man or whatever, whatever your deal is, uh, whoever your spouse is, when you wanted, to, you wanted them to know you and you wanted to get to know them, tell me about yourself. Tell me what you like. Tell me why. Because the, the desire in relationship is to know. You want to know them. And you want them to know you. You want them to get to know you. You want them to love you for who you are. Are y'all with me? And guess what? God wants a relationship with you. So he said, this is what I want you to know about me. He wants you to know him. How can you have a relationship with a stranger? You can't. You can't draw close to a stranger. I get on a bus or I get on an on a airplane and, and, I, and I'm thinking, oh, don't talk to me. I know that's bad and I know I shouldn't be that way and I know that, but I'm off the clock. Say, man, I don't know. I just, oh, I, I, they scared me to death. I can't get close to him. I don't know him. I don't know. His, but if we're going to have a relation, I think about this. How are we going to have a relationship with somebody we don't know? And how are we going to know him if we neglect the only thing we know about him? His word. He'll talk to you through his word. Number two, number two. You know, there's something about, there's something about talking about reading our Bible and spending time with our Bible. It wigs people out because TV has made us so lazy. I was watching, I was watching Andy Griffith the other day talking about TV. Here I am watching it. Amen. I, I was watching Andy Griffith the other day and, 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 uh, and I was and he sat down to, to read, uh, Opie, a story. Before he went to bed, you know, instead of watching the last show, he read him a story. Well, all right, what story you want to hear? Here we go. I think it was Ichabod Crane. I don't know. But here, and I thought about that. And I've heard, I've heard experts say how much communication has broken down because of technology. And it's called the information superhighway. And do you realize human beings are connecting less now with all this technology we have? I'll prove it. Go to a restaurant and watch a family. Every one of them's on an iPhone looking at something. And I promise you, they're not texting each other. Pass the salt, please. <laughs> Communication is breaking down. And when we said, hey, listen, read your Bible. Take, take 10 minutes out of your day and read your Bible. <sighs> and you know Why? Most people have five or six Bibles in their house. But if I could all load you up on a plane and fly to me with me to China or Vietnam or the Sudan where they don't have a Bible, where they come in the middle of the night and they crawl on their knees through a jungle to keep from getting caught just to have one page out of God's Word and they cherish it like it's a family heirloom. They read it and they memorize it and read it. And we have a church on every corner. It's like when you, when you have chocolate or when you have ice cream. And you have it all the time, anytime, whenever. It just loses its... How many, how many of y'all like chocolate? I'm a chocolate man. I'm talking about chocolate on chocolate, triple chocolate, 
triple dipper fudge. Yeah, say man. How many of y'all have ever received the blessing of a Hershey's kiss? Y'all with me? Don't act shy. I'm talking about that Hershey's kiss. It's got about that much. And, and, and when you eat that Hershey's kiss, your body's saying, more, more. And it tastes so good. It's just a little bit, but it tastes divine. I received one of them biggins. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Hershey's Kiss is like that big, like Mount Hershey. Are y'all with me? I mean, it's just like, it's just huge. It looks like a Hershey's Kiss. And it, I mean, it's wrapped, just, but it's like that big. And I thought, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I peeled that thing back and I set into it like a Husqvarna weed eater. <laughs> and I, I got about halfway through that thing. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Do you know it didn't even taste the same? I had so much of it that it just kind of like, huh. And you know, I really think that's what's happened to America. We've been so saturated with something good, we fail to see how great it really is. And you go to these countries that don't have the word. They don't have the privilege and the opportunity to have a Bible in front of them. They would do anything. There's a video circulating. There's a video circulating of, of I believe it's Chinese Christians who, who've received a Bible for the first time. And they're, they're adults. They've never seen a Bible. They've never had a Bible their whole life. And when they receive, and they're weeping. They're so grateful and they're so thankful and they're weeping that they finally have God's word in their hand. And we've got several of them in our houses that we don't even know where they are. And God is saying, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Please let me talk to you. And we walk past it every day. You can't neglect the word of God and have an intimate relationship with him. He'll speak to you through the scriptures. Number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. He said, abide in me and I in you. Let my words abide in you. Let let." Listen, soak that in. Read the word. Let me speak to you. Then, then he's provided a way that he can speak to us through prayer. I know all this seems elementary. I know that. I know it seems like this is all review and, oh, I know all this stuff. Then why aren't we doing it? If this is so easy, this is so elementary, then why are we not praying like we should? I think some of us are. We're just doing it wrong. We're just doing it wrong. What do you mean doing it wrong? How can you pray wrong? You can pray wrong. How many of y'all remember, how many of y'all remember the gas stations where they had the attendant and, and they put gas in for you? Raise your hand if you're willing to tell your age. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All right. All right. Uh, uh, I saw it on Andy Griffith one time. I'm not as old as y'all. I don't remember that day. Amen. Uh, old Goob was standing there. And, and, and you pull up, you pull up to the gas station. Pull up to the gas station, the attendant's there. What do you say? 
Come on, y'all, what do you say? Fill her up, fill her up. And he starts putting gas in it. You sit there, he get, it gets gas. Now, let's, let's apply that to praying. Let's apply that to praying. Here, here, here's, how we, here's how we pray in, in the illustration of getting gas, because basically that's what you're doing when you pray and come to God. You come up to God and say, fill her up. And you, you just keep driving around the gas pump. Hey, man, fill her up. Fill her up. And you just keep on driving. You pull around. You pull around. And by this time, the attendant is getting frustrated. And you say, come on, man, fill it up. And you know what he says? Be still. If you don't, if you don't be still, I can't fill it up. Now, here, let's apply that to prayer. Here's what we do. We get down on our knees. We got issues, man. I mean, we got issues, we got problems, we got things we got to talk to God about because this is serious, man. How many of y'all have ever gone to God with some serious issues? Oh, God, I need help with this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know where I'm going to turn. I don't know how this is going to be fixed. Lord, I don't know what's going to happen. And, 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 and the Lord goes, and you go, oh, God, help me, Lord Jesus. I don't know how we're going to do this. And, and God goes to give you an answer. Oh, Lord, bless me in Jesus' name. Amen. And you know what we're doing? We're driving around the pump. And we're, 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 we're talking to God. But see, here's the key to prayer. Write this down. I put this in notes. I don't know if they put it up there. But this is what prayer really is that we miss. It's us talking to God. That's what prayer is. It's us talking to God. But it's letting God talk to us. That's where we're missing it. Some of us, we do pray, especially when you run into problems. Y'all with me? Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. But then you don't slow down long enough to let him help you. Here's what I do. I'll take y'all out the scenario because y'all y'all a lot better than me and more spiritual. But here's what I do. I say, I say, uh, uh, Lord, help me. Help me solve this problem. Lord, fix this thing in my life. Tell me what to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And then I go out and I try to fix it myself. And, and not only that, but on top of all that, then I worry about it. Fret, worry, ulcer, pepto. Y'all with me? Zantac, you name it. When God is saying, hey, remember me? You asked for my help, and then you didn't wait for me to give it. You asked me, what do I do? And you didn't stop. And let me tell you, there's two words in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, that I think is critical to us in the New Testament. To be what God wants us to be. Y'all going to love this. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. You see, sometimes God won't put his hand on your situation till you take yours off. I don't know why God won't do something. Because you won't quit. 
We're in such a fast-paced society and life and culture. We can't slow down. Chad, you got me. You got me. Friday, on the way home, on the way home. We, we, me and brother Chad was fishing this week and uh, he's catching everything. It's not supposed to happen. I am the anointed one. (laughs) I didn't get a bite. I'm talking about, I didn't get a fish. Now I know some of y'all were patient and kind and all that. And you said, no, no, no. I went and got in his spot. I took his worm. I changed everything, and it had nothing to do with all that stuff. Because I was using the same thing he was using. And he said, you got to slow down. You got to slow down. He said, he said, every time you come out here, you learn something. He said, what are you learning? I said, I learned I should have stayed home. <laughs> then he chewed me out again. Can't believe I heard that from you. I said, I can't believe I said it. Amen. <laughs> Slow down. I got behind a truck yesterday. I left a funeral going home, and, and my day was over. I mean, I, I done finished everything I had to do yesterday, and, and I'm a quarter mile from the house, quarter mile from the house. And I get behind a, 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 a tractor with a hay rake on it and then a tractor with a, a, a hay baler on it. And they're just having themselves a time. I mean, in my head, I heard John Denver singing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just... It, <laughs> And all I see, I was looking around. Man, come on, man. I was looking around. Man, come on. And I, I, I don't have no deadline. My day, my day's done. I mean, just, just a few minutes. And all I can think, I got to get around these people. To what? Go a quarter mile and turn in your driveway? And, and, in, and, and in my head, God is saying, slow down. Be still. You see... The problem is not, is God talking? The problem is, are we slowing down long enough to listen? You see, the prophet in the Old Testament, he had the same problem. He is in a cave. He is all wigged out. Things wasn't going the way he thought it was going to go, and he was mad and upset. And, and, and God showed him a fire, and God showed him an earthquake, and, and, and God showed, showed him uh, the wind, and, and it said God wasn't in none of them things. In other words, we're waiting in our life. We're waiting for this great, big, huge manifestation of God. We're waiting for the thunder and the lightning. We're waiting. Oh, God, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. And the Bible says in that moment, God was in the still, small voice. Now, what's the point? You're not going to hear the still, small voice if you're going wide open. You can be going down the road wide open when the wind is down. You can't hear nobody talk to you. Be still. Slow down. But well, I just don't have time to slow down. Well, let me give you let me give you a little commercial. There's been days I got out of my bed and I thought, I don't have that much to do today. I got this. And I jumped in my vehicle, went and did my day, and at the end of the day, I didn't get anything accomplished. Nothing on my schedule. I was so frustrated and aggravated. I thought, man, I didn't have that much to do tonight. I didn't get nothing done. How many of y'all have ever done that before? 
And there's been days that I woke up in the morning and I look at my day plan and my schedule, what I've got to get done that day, and there's no way. God, this is impossible. I, there's no way I'm going to get all this done. There's no way I'm going to get all these people seen. There's no way I'm going to fix all this. God, what am I going to Please, Lord, you got to help me and spend my first hours, my first time, my first few minutes. Lord, help me. And I spend my time with God. And guess what? At the end of the day, I had time to spare. You know why? Because God can put 48 hours in 12. He has the ability to do. And, and, and my point is this. If you're too busy for God, you're too busy. It is at the moment when you don't have time for God, that's when you need him the most. But you're the one in charge. And you're the only one that can. Your wife can tell you to slow down. Your husband can tell you to slow down. Your family can. Your doctor can tell you to slow down. Guess what? I've heard it all. But you know what? Who's going to slow you down? You. Eventually, your health will. But guess what? Slow down. Be still. Say, God, talk to me. I want God to talk to me. He is. But are we listening? And all God's people say it. Number three, write this down. I'll do these quick. I'll do these quick. What was the first thing? How does God speak to us and communicate to us? He, he communicates to us through the scriptures. Number two, through. And then number three, through preaching and teaching. Through preaching and teaching. I've had people come to me almost mad. What did my husband tell you? What did my wife, did my wife tell you something? No, brother, I promise you. I pro Even if they did tell me, I wouldn't preach on it if I knew it. Because I wouldn't want you to think she told me, amen. But we come to church, we come to church, and whatever it was we were dealing with that week, God just stuck his finger in it. How many of y'all have ever gone to the doctor and said, God, I got a pain right here? And the first thing the doctor does is poke it. <laughs> and you want to bust him right in the mouth. Say amen right there. <laughs> Did I not just tell you? Why they got to poke like that, man? Come on. Technology today, you don't even need to touch me. Just scan me with something. Amen. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that we come to church and God goes to poking on us? He'll make me preach on forgiveness, and he'll poke you and say, remember your brother? Remember your sister? Remember that thing that happened to you, and you ain't forgave him, you holding a grudge, and he goes to poking. You know what? He's talking to you. I've had people come up to me and say, thank you, preacher. Thank you so much for saying that thing. It really helped me. And I'm thinking, I didn't say that. I've gone and listened to it recorded, and I never said it. Oh, preacher, you just helped me. Said, God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Why? God has the ability to take it from my mouth to your ear and give you what you need no matter what I said. I, I, I was going to read Nehemiah. Go home and read Nehemiah. Uh, let's see. What, what is it? Nehemiah chapter 8, I think. Not chapter 8, verse 1 through 8. It talks about Ezra and, and them reading the word, and they come attentive. They come attentive. See, it will, it will greatly affect how God speaks to you by how you come to hear. They came and paid attention. They were attentive to the word. What's the point? It don't matter how bad the speaker is. I've, I've heard some pitiful preaching. I'm talking about pitiful preaching. Uh, they, they don't, they, they, I don't know where they got that outline. It wasn't from the Bible. Say amen. 
I mean, and it was pitiful speaker, but I went and I said, God, I need some help. Will you speak to me? And guess what? No matter how pitiful the preacher is, he'll talk to you. Because it's not about the preacher. It's about the word. And, and I know, trust me, I know I'm not always clicking on all cylinders. I guarantee you there ain't no doubt about it. Sometimes I come in here and I have laid an egg. Say amen. But you know what? God will still speak to you. I'll walk out, I'll walk out of the building and try to find the first trash can I can find and throw that outline away. And I ain't never preaching that again. And somebody comes to me and said, Preacher, that's just what I need to hear. I said, Really? Man, I thought that was a dud. You know why? Because they came looking for something. God knew, even though I felt like it was a flop, and it probably was in, in all reality. Maybe I didn't pray enough. Maybe I didn't study enough. Maybe I didn't put enough time into it. And God let me know that, hey. But then there was somebody out here that came looking. And because they came looking, no matter how pitiful I did, God gave them what they needed. Are y'all with me? Now listen, take advantage of preaching and teaching. Don't skip out on Wednesday night. Don't skip out on Bible study. Anytime you can get Bible study. Let me ask you a question. Here's a survey. How many of y'all could use more joy? Let me, let me, let's do this again. Let me, let's be honest. Think about what joy is. Think about what joy is. Joy is not temporary happiness. I can go to Burger King and get a Whopper and get happy. Say amen. That's not joy. Tammy brought me a bowl of chocolate ice cream last night, and I was in happiness. But then in a few moments, the bowl was empty, and my happiness was gone. Y'all with me? I'm trying to make this where we understand it. Joy is that feeling whenever. Do you realize you can have joy in the valley? You can have joy when things are going wrong? What is that? That's something God puts in you that the world can't take away. Joy is not based on circumstances. Happiness is, but not joy. Knowing that, let me ask this question again. How many of y'all could use some more joy? Okay. How many of y'all could use some more self-control? How many of y'all could use some more patience? I found out Friday and Saturday I need some more, amen. Guess what we've been teaching and talking about every Wednesday? How do I have more joy? How do we have I mean, we took them individually. So here God is trying to speak to us, and we're not taking advantage of it. How does he speak to us? Through preaching and the teaching of his word. That's why he gave the church pastors and teachers so that he could speak to us through his word. Then lastly, and this is probably the most important, probably the most important. What was number one? He speaks to us through scriptures. scriptures. Number two? Number three? Now watch this, watch this. He speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. Now I know know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Uh, Well, the word's enough. No, it's not. No, it's not. You say, what do you mean? There is not a chapter in the Bible that's going to tell you the name of your spouse. I did not read a chapter that said, chapter 4, verse number 7, Tammy Rowland shall be your spouse. It's not in there. Now, it does give me qualities of somebody I need to look for. It does tell me who can't get on the list. I bet y'all didn't know that. Yes, the Bible declares who can be on your list of dates. If they're, not, if they're not saved, they're not dateable. 
If they're not saved, you, you, you don't need to marry them. It says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So I know who can't get on there, but I don't know who the specific one is. That is where we depend on the voice of the Holy Spirit. The, 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 listen, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it say, thou shalt work at Toprey. Does it? But the Holy Spirit can tell you. Now, here's where we get mixed up. Here's where we have a problem. Sometimes we get our own will and our emotions mixed with the Holy Spirit. I just feel the Lord leading me to do this. There's only one problem. I've had people say this. I just feel like the Lord has brought us together and, and he wants me and her to be together. I said, well, there's only one problem. You're married to somebody else and so is she. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not going to get you to do something that the word condemns. Well, how will I know if it's the Holy Spirit? Check the Bible. I feel like the Lord is leading me to marry her. Okay, let's check. Is she saved? No, then it's not the Holy Spirit. You follow me? The Spirit of God will never contradict the Word of God. The Spirit of God will never lead you to do something that's contrary to this book. So that's how we can know if it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us or not. Because here's what, how many of y'all have ever heard this? How many of y'all have ever heard this? And this is the, just follow your heart. Oh, just, just follow your heart. You know what I say to that? No, no, no. I got a Bible verse. Do you know the Bible says your heart is deceitful? You know what that means? It'll trick you. Your heart will trick you. Your heart will lie to you. Yeah. Let me prove it. If we're going to have some honest people, and I, I got to quit. I know we're way over time, but how many of you have followed your heart and got in trouble? Followed my heart. And it led me where I wasn't supposed to be. Your heart will lie to you. Don't follow your heart. Follow the Spirit. If we will, <laughs> we will walk with the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Spirit will never lead us into temptation. He will always deliver us from evil. How do you think in that prayer, the, Father, the Lord's Prayer, how do you think He's going to lead you not into temptation? There's not blinking signs. There's not a blinking sign outside of a bar that says, Fool, don't go in here. There's not, there's not blinking signs over people's head. This is not the one. <laughs> Am I right? But boy, the Holy Spirit, and it's not audible. It's louder than that. I've been sitting in my living room, and something will come on TV, and the Holy Spirit will say, hey, you better turn that channel. That's the way he operates. And you know it. Listen, we done, we, if you're saved any amount of time, you've heard God speak to you. The question is, are we going to obey him? And all God's people said. All right. Hey, we're going to take these and break these down and, 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 and really learn how to do all these things. 
You say, when's the series going in? I guess when Jesus comes, I reckon. I don't know the way this is going. But this is helping me. Is this helping you? Hey, let's take it one day at a time. We'll grow together. We'll learn together. We'll do this together. Bring your Bible next week. Bring your Bible with pages next week, all right? And, uh, and, 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 and I'm going to show you how to use a highlighter. A highlighter is your friend, amen? So, and let me say this. Uh, uh, Brother Will, come up here a minute. You're close enough. Uh, uh, if you don't have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, if you'll see Brother Will, he will make sure that we can get you one. I mean this with all of my heart. I don't want nobody to feel out of place. I don't want nobody to feel ashamed. Listen, if you don't have a Bible, see us. We will get you a Bible. If you need a spokesman or somebody, look, he's always here in the foyer or outside, wherever you see him. And all you got to do is say, man, I really need a Bible. And he'll make sure you get one. Are you with me? Say amen. Let's have a Bible. Come in with it. Come in with it. We'll still have it on the screens. We'll still have it on the screens where we can see it. But listen, I, I just want, I want, I want to see it in your hand. I want to know you got it. I want to know it's there at home with you. It will make me feel so much better to know. You may not take the medicine, but at least I, you got it in your hand. Amen? If this was like those, those free uh, uh, medicines, you know, the doctor won't give you a prescription. He'll just go ahead and give it to you if he's got samples so you, he knows you got it. That's the way I feel. I want to know you got it. And, and, and if we do, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there, there's just no telling what God's going to do with you in your life as you begin to develop that intimate relationship with him. And all God's people say it. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your kindness, your goodness. God, give us what we stand in need of today. Lord, we're, we're learning this one day at a time. We're getting closer and closer and closer to you. God, now we got to go apply this. We can't just hear it. Can't be hearers of the word, not doers only. We've got to apply this to our life. God, help us to use it. Read our Bible. Spend some time in prayer. Listen. Be still. Listen to you as you speak to us. God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand.